March 5th marks the start of the 25th annual Women in Construction Week, a week-long celebration of women in the construction industry. There's a lot to celebrate this year as the share of women in construction has hit a record high, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. In a November 2022 article, the Washington Post reported that women surged into the industry starting around 2016, even as the number of men in construction lagged. Currently, 14% of construction workers in the U.S. are women, according to the Bureau. Welcome to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. I'm David Hilgen. Our guests today are two women with years of experience in the construction industry. Brenna Mann is Head of Strategy, U.S. Construction and Infrastructure for Aon, the global financial services firm that sells a range of risk mitigation products and services, working closely with leading insurance providers, including Zurich. Nikona Schultz is Senior Vice President, Corporate Insurance for Clayco, a full-service turnkey real estate, architecture, engineering, design build, and construction firm. Incidentally, Clayco designed and built the Zurich North America headquarters in Schaumburg, Illinois. Hi, Brenna and Nakona. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. Hi, David. Thank you. So I want to start off by learning a little bit about how each of you found careers in the construction field. Brenna, what was your career journey like? Thanks for having me today, David. I like the way you phrase it, how it found us, because I think that's, mm. it found me. I didn't find it necessarily. Mm. I guess the story would be that after I graduated from law school, the law firm that I was lucky enough to join, a partner there represented a lot of construction clients. And that's how I started this journey. I started working on matters related to those clients. I was recruited away from private practice and went in-house to a construction company pretty early in my law career at that point. The company was Edward Kramer and Sons, civil contractor um, at that time, third generation owned. And so I was promoted over you know, some years to the general counsel position and led risk management and human resources. After I left Kramer, I went to a commercial contractor starting the legal and risk function there. But um, after a few years was promoted to lead the construction process and technology group and function, human resources, communications, and um, sat on their executive management team. And that whole journey got me to Aon. Um, And I joined Aon in September uh, as head of strategy. And, you know, what does that involve? We're trying to figure it out. But I think what it means is looking at kind of how Aon's practice group internally operates, but then also how we become and stay relevant to our construction clients like Nakona and Clayco. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Nakona, you've been with Clayco for more than 20 years. What was your first introduction to the industry? I first began my a career uh, right out of college um, in the accounting department of an electrical contractor. As time went on, as I was working there, I was asked to begin to review the insurance requirement in contracts, produce insurance certificates, which is incidentally when I found out what an insurance certificate actually is, mm-hmm. and uh, handle a workers' compensation claims. So first foray into construction in general. Um, in January 2001, 
I uh, took an opportunity here at Clayco as the Clayco uh, CSIP director, that's the Clayco Coordinated Insurance Program, coordinating insurance for our subcontractors on many of okay. our projects. Uh -huh. Since then, I have been promoted and now senior vice president of corporate insurance. I handle all of the corporate uh, insurance needs um, for all of our companies and entities. Well, you've both, if you'll pardon the term, built quite extensive careers in the construction industry. Um, Nikona, what have been some of the challenges of being a woman in an industry dominated by men? It's a challenge to be heard. I've often been the only woman in an all-male meeting, call, et cetera, and it's taken years of putting in work to make sure my voice, opinions, and suggestions are heard and understood. I've learned that I have to be confident that I know the information, that I can convey that information in a way that's understood by everyone so that they can build the trust and confidence in me that I can do my job and what I'm saying they can rely on. Brenna, what do you see are some of the challenges of being a woman in an industry dominated by men? The fact that we're celebrating the fact that there are 14% of you know construction workers today, right? That still yeah. presents a challenge because it still mm -hmm. means you are the minority in the room or on the job site. Yep. And that's a lot of challenge, right? I think that's a daily challenge in terms of, yes, right, you're there, but the next step is true inclusion, right? Mm -hmm. It is making sure that, as Nakona said, you know, if the challenge is to be heard, making sure that you are given the opportunity to be heard. And I think that's where you see, I think, maybe some of the experience that can be difficult or a challenge in being a woman in an industry that is very male-dominated. Well, that makes sense. How important is it for women to work with a mentor in the construction industry? I think very important. I think what Nakona just shared and provided, you know, was so well said, and it kind of forays into when I look at the mentors I've had early on in my career, and I mean, formal mentorship programs, especially those focused on promoting and challenging women did not exist, right? Mm -hmm. So it, a lot of that was informal. And, you know, most a vast majority of the folks I consider mentors were, of course, and are men, because it's math, right? I mean, there's just um, very, in terms of those folks that, you know, would be possible candidates to be mentors to women in this industry, there's just not a lot. But yeah. the importance of them is, you know, taking an active interest in your career and providing you those opportunities to be heard, right? Those introductions, that background, that guidance, and then also just giving you feedback that I think is so critical to developing professionally, to challenging you, to pushing you. I think that's the value of, you know, the mentors I've had in my career. And have you had any opportunities then to be a mentor to others? I have, and I think, you know, I wish... To a degree, I had spent more time on that. It's something that yeah. when I reflect on my own career, I think sure. I put my nose down a little too much and and didn't kind of look out and say, okay, where else can I do this? And as time marches on, it's become more and more important to me to share those experiences and to make sure that I am providing that mentorship because it is so valuable to yeah. others, men and women. Nakona, what has helped you along the way? I would say when I first began, 
in my career. Our insurance broker at that time had a program that they allowed me to sit in on uh, that was for their new hires, and I learned information through there. But uh, there were people at that broker that also helped me knew I was brand new to insurance, had no idea what I was doing or talking about, and really helped explain things to me and work things through with me, claims and coverages and things like that. And then as far as just day-to-day work, taking on new opportunities, taking on new challenges. When I started, I was only working with our CSIP, the Clayco Coordinated Insurance Program. Then I started doing builder's risk. And then I started doing claims again, et cetera, and so forth. And next thing you know, it's, you know, 22 years later and here I am. <laughs> Thanks, Nicona. Brenna, how about you? What, is, what has been able to help you in your career? I do think, you know, it's taking, like, as Nicona said, right, not being afraid to take on new challenges. When I think back over my career, and where opportunities have come from, it really is unique to construction because the companies that I worked for and in did not have large you know, in-house staffs. They did not have large corporate operations at the time I joined them, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was take on a lot of new challenges as those companies grew. So as they grew, I grew, right? And as Nakona described her journey too, right? Is taking on more and more and more and recognizing where you can be helpful and where you can make a difference in terms of how and what the company's new challenges are. So when I think about where I have been fortunate and where, you know, things have come my way, it is really translating those opportunities into part of my job description. Excellent. Following up on that, what do you wish you'd known when you were starting out? In other words, what sort of advice might you give to women today considering a career in construction? I would stress that often repeated adage of network, 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 which is probably akin to be visible, right? And I think that women are told over and over again, I've certainly sat through enough professional development conversations and seminars to hear, you know, you should network, you should make it a priority. And, you know, over the course of time, I see the truth to that more and more. I think there's a lot of reasons. Women, you know, um, between the challenges or the workload and then just whatever you have on going on in your personal life, you don't make time for it. Sure. And it's critical to make time for that because that's professional connection, that's connectivity to industry developments and professional opportunities. I think the other thing I would say is be vocal to not assume that people are going to seek you out is really to um, push yourself to make that comment, to send that email, to be visible and vocal in a way that might feel uncomfortable, but it will, I think, return tenfold to you. That makes sense. Nakona, do you have anything to add to that? Kind of going off what Brenna just suggested is women tend to be more behind the scenes role and it's easy just to sit at your desk and, and not be involved and not 
really understand. So in the construction industry, I would suggest going on a job site tour, listen, learn, ask questions. We have project managers here that love to talk about themselves and sure. will tell you all sorts of things that you never knew or never even knew to ask. Um, and it's much easier, at least it is for me, to do my job if I understand some basics of the process and and some nuances of it as well. There are people there that are willing to talk and share information. Sometimes, like Brenna said, you just have to ask. You might have to seek that out. They're not going to come and say, do you understand whatever that is? But if you ask, I'm sure you can find someone to help you through that. Yeah, that makes sense in any career, not just construction. Yeah, right. That's yes, good definitely. advice. Yeah. So you've both witnessed transformational change in the construction industry. What are some of the key ways the industry has changed? Nakona, do you have anything? Yeah, technology has improved greatly since I began in the industry. Uh, BIM, BDC, and everything in between. It's amazing to see what our systems can do and the information that can be provided from them that we used to all do by hand or wasn't available. Um, drones weren't a thing when my career began. Clayco was the first construction company in America to be approved by the FAA to fly drones in 2014. Now wow. they're commonplace. People have them. They got them for Christmas presents. They, they <laughs> are out on our job sites flying them all the time from marketing to survey to all sorts of things. And every day it, it's something new. And then on the not so great side, the U.S. has become more litigious. And so sure. you see more and more lawsuits and people getting an attorneys for reasons that they probably wouldn't have in the past. So that's one of the downsides, unfortunately, of changes in the industry as a whole. Yeah, that's true. Brenna, do you have anything to add? Right. I would I would just say this topic that we're discussing today is transformational, mm -hmm. frankly, sure. because, you know, I think when Nakona and I were starting out, the diversity conversation was not happening to the level it was happening then. And sure. hopefully, right, what we continue to talk about in a real way is how we talk about diversity and inclusion, right? And, yeah. you know, I think too, the roles and opportunities for women, because the industry has changed, right? They're the number of in-house counsel and risk professionals and folks in finance and accounting and technology leaders, these are opportunities that exist in for women to participate in the industry in different ways, right? Of course, we see women in a field and in operational positions, and there are ascensions, but not to the level that they have ascended, I think, in the numbers. I mean, this is my, you know, yeah. my, my impression. Sure. We call it non-operational leadership roles. Yeah. So, I think that'll just continue to evolve and but that's definitely been I think transformational in terms of the conversations that contractors are having about why diversity is important. Well, that's good. I want to switch gear and look ahead now. Where are we in say 25 years when we're celebrating the 50th annual Women in Construction Week? How will the workforce evolve in that time? And Brenna, you sort of touched on some of it, but do you have anything? Right. I think that this just continues. To get to where we are today, it took 10 years, right? Yeah. But the pace of change is just increasing, and that's just yeah. not in construction. That's in, you know, many industries, frankly, in the world we live in. Yeah. And I think that will mean that we're just going to see more and more women in 
different roles um, and in leadership. And that's going to change the way the industry operates. It's going to impact, obviously, what it values. And we could say that about insurance. We could say that about yeah. working. We could say that about construction. Um, I also think that you know this technology adoption and the focus on process and project delivery, the types mm -hmm. of roles, just like you know my previous statement about where you see more and more women in construction, the roles that are available will just continue to, you know, be different, right? I mean, now you have contractors talking about data analytics, right? And you have mm -hmm. contractors talking about, you know, Nikona, right? We have, now we have pre-qualification experts and SDI right. experts, you know, like all of these little subsets that as a role didn't exist five, 10 years ago. So 25 years from now, I think you will see obviously more women and in roles we probably never imagined yeah. for them. Right. Excellent. Nikona, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think we'll see more women enter the construction workforce because schools and companies are actively recruiting women into fields mm -hmm. that have historically been male dominated. Both of my kids are in school and I see that on the on the tech school side and in the college side. My son's in an engineering school and recruiting females into a very historically male-dominated fields. Uh, companies want to see that. People understand that women have different perspectives on different scenarios. And then you put teams together with different perspectives. What do you get? You get people thinking outside the box and being yep. more creative with solutions. I also think that the younger generation isn't as caught up in what is seen as typical traditional male and female roles. And that will absolutely aid in women's progress in the industry. So finally, what's the best thing about the construction industry right now, Nakona? It is an exciting time and it's been exciting for years and it continues to be exciting. The diversity in the projects for me is one of the most exciting things. The challenges of the industry and the people in the industry. Right now we have a lot of challenges all over the place. Supply issues, labor challenges, those all add to make things a little more interesting, but the projects themselves and the projects that we're doing and working on all across the nation are what really motivates me every day. And what else could we be doing? It's exciting. It's something to be proud of for sure. And it uh, keeps us going every day and makes every day interesting. Excellent. Uh, Brenna, what about you? What's the best thing about the construction industry right now? Right now, I think it is exactly as Nikona describes, which is there is so much change and transformation that has happened. I mean, construction's been one of those industries that's typically been described as a laggard, right? When it comes mm -hmm. to spending on technology and even the diversity conversation, right? But frankly, yeah. construction has in the last five years, right? I think that it's not just the big construction companies, but it's the middle market and smaller construction companies that are looking at, you know, things around technology, project delivery, hiring in their labor force because they've had to, right? You know, look yeah. at things in a different way. And that does mean that right now we are kind of sitting in this apex, right, of a lot of different moving parts going on in construction. and. I think for those of us who've been around it for a long time, it is exciting because it does feel like that is 
that is having the whole industry look forward and say, okay, we're going to talk about planning, not just for the next project, but for the year and three years from now and five years from now, right? What do we want that to look like? Yeah. So to my mind, I think that has, there's been a shift in the mentality around, you know, how companies approach their business. Um, and for me, you know, in the course of my career, that does feel different and pretty exciting. Right. It's all new. Mm -hmm. It's all new all over again. <laughs> True. It looks like we have a lot to look forward to. Brenna and Nakona, I want to thank you both for joining us today on this Future of Risk podcast. Thank you so much, David. Yes, thank you. And, you know, thank you, Zurich, for focusing on the topic. And then thanks also to our listeners for Zurich North America. I'm David Hilgen. Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at ZurichNA.com and join us next week. The information in this audio recording was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained here may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you.